0: If money wasn't a factor, what would you do with your life? This simple question, which is sometimes so hard to answer, can be the start to figuring out what someone's passion is, sometimes even what their dreams are. In today's episode, I sat down with my good friend, Jakob Frey, who, after years of struggling in school while growing up in Germany, finally found out what his dream was. And that dream was to become a Disney animator. You'll hear how Jakob turned that dream into a reality and how saying no and turning down jobs actually created the opportunity for him to continue to chase that dream.
1: We are
2: the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams.
0: Some people say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and to surround yourself with people who are better than you. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. My name is Matt Connolly and this is Better Than Me. A podcast where I get the chance to talk to artists, creators, entrepreneurs, and the people who inspire me about how they got to where they are today and what inspires them. I've been a 3D animator for almost 18 years now, working mainly in commercials and game cinematics. And those dreams I had of becoming an animator when I was a teenager, well, I've done it. And I can tell you firsthand, dreams change. They grow. They evolve and they morph into new dreams that require a new set of goals. Or maybe I never realized the right dream, and I'm still searching. But what are your dreams? Even that concept that feels so… heavy. It feels like a question that's too big to answer sometimes. Now if we're talking about the Freudian kind of dreams that you had last night in your sleep, that feels a bit easier. For example, I dreamt I was running as fast as I can but wasn't going anywhere. Okay, so maybe there's more to that than I thought. It's hard enough as an adult to know what your dreams and ambitions are, so what about when you're a kid? The easiest way to understand what a kid's dreams are is often to ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I asked my daughter that exact question. My name is Charlotte. I'm four and a half years old. What do you want to be when you grow up, Charlotte? I want to be a doctor. Ooh, a doctor. That's a good one. So I can take care of people. My good friend Jakob grew up in a small town in Germany. And in high school, he struggled.
2: I was actually doing terribly at school. I was like the worst in class. I always got D's, even Fs in school. Now, what I was always really bad at it, and I was actually having a lot of absentee hours at school. And um, What is absentee hours? Like you missing classes? Yeah, missing classes where I just like didn't go to school because I was actually afraid to get tests. I was just like not talking to my parents about it. At some point, everything blew up. Like They found out about it. And I had actually over 100 missing hours. At that time, I didn't really communicate with them anything. And I actually like admire my parents because I was a very difficult teenager to handle in that regard. And I feel like they were pretty much lost with me of what will happen with me in life. Because I feel like as a parent, you're probably like, very concerned about your child. How does the future look for them now? Because right? yeah, they need a degree. They need to, they need to go to something. Yeah, He's failing school. <laughs> Exactly. And I got kicked from school, actually, in the end of this. So I repeated classes twice. And this would be the equivalent of, like, our high school? Yeah. Yeah, It was like 9th and 10th grade. Uh, I repeated 9th grade one, then 10th grade, and then the second time, 10th grade, I got kicked.
0: Eventually, he enrolled and transferred into a new school, which was more art-oriented, which he was better at. It was around that time he started to take notice of animated movies. And I can relate to his interest in discovering 3D animation. When I was about 12 or 13, I remember hopping onto the couch on Saturday mornings and watching an animated 3D cartoon called Reboot. Warning. Incoming game. Warning. If you were to watch Reboot today, you probably wouldn't think the animation or graphics were too impressive. But in the early 90s, it was the first time I had seen fully 3D animated characters actually telling a full story.
1: They say the user lives outside the net. No one knows
0: for sure. But I intend to find out. Reboot. A couple of years later, Disney-Pixar's Toy Story was released, and it completely changed what I thought was possible for animation. Ooh, and, beyond. and not only for me, but for Jakob
2: too. I actually saw Pixar movies, and specifically Finding Nemo, which just wanted me to understand how this works. How does this type of animation work? And that's when I started doing research and actually found out that that's stuff you can actually study. Because like at that time, it's not obvious that that's something you can do for a living. You know, it was barely a job then, in a sense. Funny, Nemo's
0: a bit later on, but like when Toy Story came out, obviously, it's like even those people were figuring out, oh, this is something we should. Everyone could be doing for a living, and
2: kept figuring out from show to show at that point, right? Always new inventions, and uh, so that's something where, like, all of a sudden, I had a goal in mind, and I was like, okay, I want to get there as fast as possible. And all of a sudden, I was into school, even the stuff that had nothing to do with art or animation. I was into math, I was into English, I was into German. I just like wanted to have the best grades. And from like being the worst in my previous school to that one, I became best in class. And it was like pushing myself to do better and better all the time. That's when I looked into universities and had my goal of wanting to be part of Disney or Pixar. those two studios.
0: For Jakob's parents, they finally had a sense of relief. When he found his dream and began chasing it, he was able to turn around his grades because of this blueprint he saw for his future. Once he found his passion for art, a recurring theme in Jakob's life seems to be his ability to recognize the right path, something that his parents were also able to see. And that's
2: where a lot of trust from their side came in because my parents didn't know anything about animation. The stereotypical reaction is like, is it lucrative? Right. You know? Shouldn't right. you be doing something like, a, like being a doctor? Or so, you know? Right, be a lawyer, be a doctor. Yeah. Um, I guess that's where I'm super thankful about my parents that they had so much faith and uh, patience with me because like, when it came to all my decisions with animation, they fully trusted me because they knew very little about it. And when I was applying for schools, I, had, I got accepted into Amsterdam and in Ludwigsburg. Amsterdam, big European city. Everybody knows it. Ludwigsburg, tiny, tiny German city. Not many people know it. Right. Yet the animation school in Ludwigsburg is world-renowned. And Amsterdam is also good, but not as yeah. uh, well-known as Ludwigsburg. And my parents were like, you sure you don't want to go to Amsterdam? That sounds like the better choice, you know? And I was like, no, 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 it has to be Ludwigsburg." And they're like, okay, well, we'll trust you. Good luck.
0: Up to this point, luck is not necessarily something that seemed to be in control of Jakob's path. He had a clear goal, and he set his mind to achieving it. The Film Academy's animation department in Ludwigsburg, Germany, is in fact a world-renowned university for animation. So much so that only 10 to 15 students may get accepted into the program each year. So over a weekend with his dad, Jakob created a stop-motion short film, adding in some of his personal drawings and applied. It was the drawings that got the attention of the university. But even crazier, the Film Academy's application process involves a 72-hour exercise that they give you on a Friday and you have to return it by Tuesday. With no time to learn a new program, Jakob focused on the storytelling. He filmed his parents and friends and then rotoscoped that into drawings by placing LCD screens on the ground and drawing directly over what he filmed. And with that, he got accepted. One unique aspect of the program at the film academy where Jakob attended is the ability to take a gap year in which they encourage you to try and intern internationally.
2: So at my school, it was called a vacation year where you can just... uh use that one time of a break in between projects to just get some international experience and be ready for the actual work environment once you leave school.
0: Yeah, that was something that was never offered in like our schools. I would, I would have loved to do something like that. Was that the first studio environment you'd worked in? I've
2: done an internship for three months at a game company in Brighton, England. That was my first, I guess, professional experience. And that was more like part of a, the pre-development team for upcoming titles where I was testing out new characters and gigs and stuff which was really cool because it gave me a lot of uh, freedom uh, to try out things. And then I went to the, taking one year off from university, where I went to SIOP and uh, that uh, opportunity of SIOP just seemed super tempting because A, li- living in Los Angeles, I think would have been cool, just like going far away from home, but then also like working on the project because I mean, I, I really liked the stuff SIOP was doing, you know. That was pretty much my second really professional experience. And that was pretty crazy because it was, for the first time really animating every day. I mean, I've been animating before as well, but like not professionally, right? I was at university doing on student projects, So that was the first time, okay, now there's a commercial and I jump into that job and I was like, oh, I think I could handle this, that should be fine. And then they're like, okay, can you animate these four characters in three days? And I'm like, <laughs> what? I could do one of them in a week.
0: During his time at SIAP is actually when Jakob and I met. We got paired together on a Coca-Cola happiness factory project where we worked side by side for six months. At that time, I had been a freelance animator in the industry for about seven years or so, and I could tell right from the beginning that Jakob's skill sets went beyond that of traditional interns. My first internship during my last year of college was with Nickelodeon Digital Studios in New York, and I can honestly say that my first few weeks, I'd have been lucky to animate a bouncing ball. Meanwhile, Jakob was already proving himself to be an invaluable asset to the team. So much so, that the animation supervisor at SIOP tried to get him to stay in Los Angeles and accept a job. Jakob had always planned to go back to the film academy in Germany after his vacation year, so that he could get his degree and complete his short film thesis project. But now he was conflicted, and this wasn't even the first job offer that he had received. You basically were working at SIOP and you could have stayed and worked at PsyUp, but I know that you ended up going back what was that decision like was it even hard for you or did you always know from the beginning like no matter what happens I'm gonna go back and finish my thesis
2: I I also got a job offer actually at the internship I was at uh in England uh, at Black Rock Studios and they were actually part of uh Disney Interactive and they knew that I wanted to become a Disney animator at some point and so they were pretty much telling me like hey if you stay we were part of the company. We can definitely like also transfer you to other sections of the company and you should stay with us, you know, because I also like I had a great time working there, you know, and it was like, I was like really debating about it. But then at the same time, I was like, I'm at the beginning of my career and I don't know what's going to happen, you know, and also like at university, I have the chance to do my own short films. And I remember my, the head of our animations that you were telling us, I was like actually trying to do a job at uh, the mill in England. And uh, he was telling me like, hey, look, if they want you now, they want you in the future as well. There's no rush. And uh, that's like something I always thought about during my career is like, yes, opportunities come and go, but like they know that you're worth it or that they have interest in you and that interest will also like resurface in the future. I think it would have been still cool to have that credit at that point, you know, but now looking back, it didn't, it didn't matter. It was in a gig, you know, I probably would have sucked. I might not even have been ready for it, you know? So in that regard, I don't regret not take, having that opportunity. But yeah, I mean,
0: it's easy to, in retrospect, look back, I think, and be like, yes, right? I made the right choice because I got where I wanted to go. Yes. But in the moment, I think that's really hard to understand. I will have opportunities
2: later. I don't have to,
0: you know, put all my eggs in this one basket or, or anything like that.
2: Yeah. And I guess with the uh, thing at CyHOP, me was more thinking about having a degree because I feel like it's it's very tempting to just toss it away and do this thing now. But at the same time I feel like I don't know what the future necessarily holds for me, right? And like what if I want to be I, I just I just know it also from my dad who wanted to become a professor at a university. And he always told me like, hey, let's skip this degree because if you want to do that in the future you might need it. And it doesn't hurt to invest these two years that you have left into something that you'll have for the rest of your life. But then moving back to Germany also, it was nice to be home, right, and be closer to my parents again. And then also just having that experience now, being able to do something that I wanted to work on on my own. And just applying all the knowledge that I've just learned to really make sure that my project becomes the best possible.
0: That project that Jakob went back to school to work on was his thesis project, an animated short film titled The Present. Why don't you
2: stop playing and open the present I got for you? me.
0: It tells the story of a young boy who would rather stay inside playing video games than engage with the outside world until his mother brings home a small surprise. A puppy. But the only issue is that the puppy is missing a leg. Based on a comic strip by a Brazilian artist, Jakob was able to craft a beautiful and incredibly well done short film. If you haven't already, you can view the present online. And I say, if you haven't already, because the film has screened and won hundreds of film festivals. And once it was released online, has racked up over 150 million views, which is incredible. Right from when he started at university, Jakob took the dream of becoming a Disney animator, and he broke it down into achievable goals.
2: My first thing was like, I got to learn that software. So I learned Maya, like a maniac, not just for animation, but for modeling, for rendering, texturing. And and then you go to the next step. Okay, now I got to do animation tests with characters. And like, how do I do that best? Oh, well, I got to do a short film at school. I guess I'll just do a short film with like the type of animation exercises I would like, you know, and and the present was actually completely geared to that as well. Because I was like, okay, it's a human character. It's an animal. It's the mom as a side character, which is another human character. I also like made it with lip sync. So I gave them dialogue, which a lot of student films do not do uh, usually. So for me, it was a part of dialogue so I can show that I can animate dialogue. Uh, then I had subtle acting. I had broader acting, which is the dog. And also visually, we made it look like a Disney Pixar production, you know, it's like the rendering style, uh, just to prove that we can handle these types of things
0: as a student. During his time at university, Jakob describes it as a bit of a safety net. Even during the vacation year, he always had school to fall back on. But then
2: once you actually graduated, you're like, okay, well now I actually gotta find like a job where I wanna stay. So where do I wanna go? And I actually got contacted from uh, Illumination McGuff, who, who make the Minion movies. And at that point they were starting to look for people to animate on the Secret Life of Pets. And uh, they have seen my short film. I showed it to them at FMX and which is a visual effects uh, conference when they were visiting and they thought i would be a great fit because i was animating a dog in my short right and they're like oh perfect okay we'll have to animate a ton of dogs together so they contacted me and were really pushing to hire me and i was holding them off because i actually also applied for the talent development program at disney which is something they do every year where they bring in trainees for different departments, give them a mentor for three months, and then have them work on production for, like, I guess, up to a year. At that point, I was not hearing back from them. And I was like, man, what if I I take this job now at Elimination and I get back from Disney, then I might have already lost my opportunity there because I now have a new job. If I don't take any job, I might be screwed because (laughs) then I have nothing then nobody contacts me and I have absolutely nothing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of my knowledge, obviously I get from my parents, right. When it comes to dealing with life decisions, but also like a, a great deal of my fears comes from them. Uh, Cause I feel like my dad is self-employed as an architect and I could see him just struggling, right. Cause so you can, it's now up to you to find the, the gigs and like, it's not that you have like a, a constant salary coming in and, um, that's a lot of like stuff. I just realized where he founded his own company. He got employees and he downsized. Then it's just him at the company. Now then he moves the company home. You know, then it's in our living room is the office now. And then from the from the living room office, it goes into the bedroom office, and it just like gets smaller and smaller. That's just like stuff that I was always afraid when I heard like friends of me like creating their own studio or whatever. You know, and like just like the risk of being self-employed versus being an employee. You know, and I guess that's where I just like, I'm always scared of certain things that I've seen my parents go through, you know, uh, which make me cautious, but sometimes maybe too cautious also. You know?
0: That cautiousness held Yaka back from accepting the job right away at Illumination. The fear that he might choose the wrong path or make the wrong decision was something he carefully considered. Although it was an incredible opportunity to work in the animation film industry, he never lost focus on where he ultimately wanted to end up. Because of that, he delayed almost three months on accepting the position.
2: And then I was like, you know what, I can't wait longer. I got to take that job at Lumetri Metcalfe. I packed my stuff, moved to Paris, crashed at a friend's place and started working there, starting to animate a few shots. And so then pretty much, I don't know, a month, a month and a half into the job, I get a phone call from Burbank, California. Hey, uh, we would love to have you here. I still interested in the training position. Uh, and at that, that moment, I was like, oh, my God, now I got to make a horrible decision. <laughs> you sons of bitches. I <laughs> should have called a month earlier. I would have been easy. I will burn some bridges here in Paris now. Um, but I decided to take the job at uh, the, the opportunity at Disney, the training program. I talked to the producer. Uh, she was definitely like uh, taken by surprise by that. But she also totally understood it. Talking to my supervisors at work, everybody was super supportive. And it's like, dude, I would do the same thing. This is amazing. This is such a great opportunity. you got to do this, you know. And I really appreciated everyone's reaction to uh, that opportunity that that came my way. I learned a lot from the short time I was there, you know, because they have such a great craft. But the great thing about the opportunity at Disney is that it was a training program. I wasn't thrown into production right away. And instead, I had those three months to really, like, get a mentor, understand what they're looking for, do animation exercises. And then you had the opportunity to go to production. And I applied for internships at Disney while I was studying and never heard back. I just applied for every open position they had that had remotely anything to do with animation, which also makes you look like you don't know what you want, right? So, and looking back, clearly I was not ready.
0: During your time when you're doing the mentorship, what were they working on then? When you became an actual animator, what were you working on?
2: So on the training program, I was, uh, they worked on Zootopia. I was doing tests with uh, Frozen characters. After that, I was then moving on to shot work for Tokyo, where I had my first shots working on the film. And you're also working through these halls from all these, like, great legendary artists that you know, and their paintings are on the walls, and you're like, what am I doing here? Like, I can't do this, you know? I mean, like, a person that I always like encountering the most is Mark Hen, who's, like, a supervising animator for all the, like, Disney princesses in the past, and uh, he's such a nice guy and always gave, like, he was doing drawers on my shots on Rekord 2 and just, like, doing little scribbles and then hands you a paper as you walk out of the review room. And you look at that p- picture and you're like, oh, that's so clear, I should totally use this prose, you know, and does it with just, like, a few lines. And you're like, okay, well, that just elevated my shot by a tenfold, you know?
0: Through his persistence and dedication, Jakob found himself among icons of Disney animation's past. He mentioned working alongside Mark Hen, who has been with Disney Animation for over 40 years. But it's important to note that even those literal legends of this industry were met with roadblocks and rejection on the path to their dream. Here's a clip from an interview with Mark Henn about applying to work at Disney.
2: I actually applied
1: directly to the studio a couple of times, uh, three times in fact, and the last time was basically they said thanks but no thanks. That, um, and so I was still bound and determined, so I... I had a portfolio that I had, had sent to the studio that they actually had passed on, but I, I reconfigured it a little bit and, and found uh, the California's to the Arts, the CalArts program, which had the Disney animation program. So I sent them my
2: portfolio and was accepted there. So I kind of, you know, other than going through the front door of the studio directly, I kind of came through a back door via the CalArts program. You
0: can assume that with any milestone you've been chasing. Once you reach it, your work has probably just started. But I think it's an easy thing to forget. Specifically with animation for Jakob, he knew that the more he did, the better he would become. And with
2: any animation you do, you enhance your craft, you learn something, you get used to the workflow, your muscle memory just sharpens and for me it was always like okay i was trying to push myself and i was like looking tutorials like after work or in the evening when i was studying and just like trying to find resources that make me a better artist you would think that that stops at some point you're like oh i've learned it all now but like animation is unfortunately this like super complex field where this never stops you know there's like the artistic skill there's the technical skill just like training your eye. And then when you think, okay, I've done these things that you can easily learn, then it's about acting choices and the way the mind works and how you, you process thoughts and how do you breathe and all that stuff that you have to think about when you animate that, you're like, okay, well, this is never gonna stop, you know? And there's never like a shot where I've, I feel like, yeah, I've done that, sure, easy, you know?
0: This self-realization is something that I think separates the creatives that ultimately succeed from the ones who aren't able to realize those creative dreams. Persistence in learning and the ability to continue on, even when your skill level seems like it's not quite where you want it to be, is a trait that is really key to success. There's an interview clip with Ira Glass, the creator and host of the podcast, This American Life, where he explains this idea a bit further.
1: Nobody uh, tells people who are beginners, and I really wish somebody had told this to me, is that um, all of us who do creative work, like, you know, we get into it, and we get into it because we have good taste, but it's like there's a gap that for the first couple of years that you're making stuff, what you're making isn't so good, okay? It's not that great. It's, it's, it's trying to be good. It has ambition to be good, but it's not quite that good. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, you're a, your taste is still killer. And your taste is good enough that you can tell that what you're making is kind of a disappointment to you. You know what I mean? A lot of people never get past that phase. A lot of people at that point, they quit. And the thing I, I would just like say to you with all my heart is that m- most everybody I know who does interesting creative work They went through a phase of years where they had really good taste. They could tell what they were making wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. They knew it felt short. It didn't have this special thing that we wanted it to have. And the thing I would say to you is everybody goes through that. And for you to go through it, if you're going through it right now, if you're just getting out of that phase, you got to know it's totally normal. And the most important possible thing you could do is do a lot of work. Do a huge volume of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week or every month you know you're going to finish one story. Because it's only by actually going through a volume of work that you're actually going to catch up and close that gap. And the work you're making will be as good as your ambitions.
0: Coming up, we'll find out what Jakob's number one tip for working in the industry is, and also what skill he wishes he didn't neglect while chasing his dream. But first, as a fellow animator myself, I was curious to know how working at other studios helped or hurt him once he was finally working at Disney and how it changed his workflow.
2: At Disney, obviously, like, you can spin longer on a shot. But because I feel like I come from these previous productions and from having worked in commercials, I like the fast-paced environment. I like to be fast and I like to show my first pass super early on, even though it looks terrible, you know. And I know that a lot of steps missing, but you can get the overall just from the shot that I'm after. And at that point, everybody works different. And there are people who really like to make it look like almost like the final shot until they show it but for me there's such a high risk that the director might not like it also because i know that these steps of like crafting these super intricate poses is for me the more complicated part you know because like i definitely lack appeal in my posing i feel like and uh for me it's easier to just rough something out and then reverse engineer it into the nice looking poses as i move ahead Whether that eyelid is a little higher or that that mouth looks a little nicer doesn't make it such a big difference. Because for me, it's more almost like the choreography of the shot at that moment. I don't know. I feel like there's always stuff I need to get better at. And I'm being very honest with my skill set, just understanding like the stuff that I need to work on. And also, when I was applying for Disney back then, understanding that I was not necessarily ready yet. Because I feel like I see a lot of people who apply for positions where you can clearly see that their craft is not there yet. And uh, they will reach that level if they keep working on it. But uh, I think it's important to just be honest with your own skill set and abilities.
0: It is definitely sometimes harder than it seems to recognize where you might lack certain skills and to realize that time is, in fact, on your side. Something that I've been trying to remind myself, even though that becomes harder and harder as I get older. But what about when you're younger? What do you wish you could have told yourself when you were starting out? I asked Jakob that very question.
2: I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is not to be so afraid of opportunities that come your way. Even though it may seem that I've taken all opportunities that came my way, a lot of times I also hesitated taking some of them just because I was just afraid of them. When it comes to the animation craft of it, I think I should have not neglected drawing. Uh, once I started doing computer animation because I feel like I've been doing very technical software exploration of just like how do these animation softwares work completely impacted the artistic side but in the end animation is highly artistic and knowing how to draw and how to draw characters especially and faces is really valuable in the animation work
0: and what about that number one tip for working in the industry Well, Jakob and I both agree.
2: Just try to be nice, you know, because I feel like this is such a collaborative environment. It's almost more important that you're good to work with than that you're actually good at what you're doing. Because you can be the best animator in the world, or whatever you do, be the best person at it. But if you're a pain to work with, no one wants to work with you.
0: At every level of Jakob's career, he has more than earned his place to be there. Yet there's a funny thing that happens to some people when they're successful. Some believe it's just luck, while others might doubt their skills and accomplishments. And it's important for people to realize that for some, it happens no matter the level of success, especially when you're comparing yourself to others. Do you think that ever goes away, that feeling of I don't belong, <laughs> imposter
2: syndrome, I guess they call it? No matter whose work you look at it, you always see something that you can't do. Of course, the people are also not as good as yourself, but like at a very high quality, there's always like someone's better at body mechanics, someone has really good facial expression, someone has great acting choices. Someone draws very well, and it's really hard to remind myself, like, hey, these are just like, they're just like you, you have your strengths, you have your weaknesses, you know, but like, there's a reason why you're here, so, I don't know, it's it's something that probably never goes away. I guess something I realized, the career path I've taken is, that when I said I want to be a Disney animator, people said, good luck with that, that's never gonna happen, or laughed it off, you know, some of them... Wish me good luck, right? But it's like something that seems super far away, especially if you come from like a small town in Germany where I come from. It seems very daunting. And it's actually also hard to keep yourself motivated if it is such a daunting dream that you're pursuing. But something I realized is that it's possible, right? Because I'm literally living through it right now. And I've worked hard to reach that goal I also come from privileged circumstances that definitely helped me to reach that goal probably easier than other people. In the past, I always said to everybody like, hey, you just got to work hard. You can do whatever you want, you know, but especially through everything that has happened this year, I realized that not everybody has the opportunities that other people have. That's for me, every time I, I have a goal in front of me that seems far away, I just try to come up with a plan. You know, What do I need to do to, to reach that goal? If I want to be an animator, i got to be great at animating. How oh, do I animate? Great. I animate as much as I can. I need to work on different projects. Ideally, I go from like, commercials. At some point, I need to do feature films. If I do one feature film, I can then probably do another feature film. If I do really well, I can probably play for Disney. If the timer is right, i might get in. Haven't you ever had a dream? Something you wanted so bad you'd do anything?
1: I can feel it right down in these stubby, bone legs of mine. There is nothing you can't do. got the makings of greatness in you, but you got to take the helm and charge your own course. Stick to it!
0: Talking with Jakob, I'm reminded that your dreams are definitely worth pursuing, and that even when you think you've gotten to the top of that mountain, you'll look over and see an even taller mountain, and probably want to continue climbing. Even for me, who's pursued a very similar path to his, I've come to realize that it's okay to continue searching, but it is important to continue to ask yourself that initial question that if
2: money wasn't a factor, what would you do with your life? If you do something that you strongly believe in, I think success will come out of it. Everything I've done so far was never about money, you know. And uh, for me, it's more important that I do something that I really want, full-heartedly believe in. And uh, that includes my short films, that includes the, the animation work I do. And the same thing goes with, like, if I had all the money in the world, I would probably still be doing the same things, you know.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe for more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and you can find us on Instagram at Better Than Me Show. I'm your host for Better Than Me, Matt Connolly and a very special thank you to my good friend, Jakob Fry. All the music used in the show can be found in the show links and I hope to see you
2: next time.